Hi guys, welcome back once again to Movies with Heart. My name is Kiri, I'm the host. Brett's here with us, he talks about the movies with me. Hello. This week we're talking about a lovely little film called Mitchells vs. the Machines. So, this was one that neither of us had seen. I'd been wanting to watch it for a while. Um, Brett, had you heard of it before I... I think I had I think I had heard of it, but I don't think I watched it. It's been one that I've been wanting to watch for a while because I heard a lot about it and then it's the same people who did the Lego movie and um into the Spider-Verse. So I was I was excited for it. I had heard a lot of really good things. Um I'm always excited when a studio other than Disney gets an Oscar nomination. Um, so I've been wanting to watch it for a while, and the nice thing about having a podcast is the movies that I've been wanting to watch for a while, I just go, hey, let's do it for a podcast, and then I have to watch it. That's a good excuse, if you ask me. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened with this one here. Um, we'll get more into it. I loved it, but I have, I mean, I have a couple of critiques, but I really, really loved it. It sounds like, Brett, just when we talked briefly, it sounds like you kind of got some mixed feelings. Yeah, I'm pretty mixed about it, honestly. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into it, but quick, uh, quick recap of the film. Um, as always, spoiler alert. We go spoiler alert. Wow. Um, we end up talking about the whole film. We talk about analysis as well as a review. So, I mean, we're definitely going to be discussing spoilers. Um, so, quick overview. There's um, this girl who is like super, super into movies. She makes her own movies. She's excited to go to this um, film school for college. She's super stoked. She and her dad, um, basically the whole kind of crux of this is they don't get along super well. Um, and it's not that, yeah, there's... It just seems like that he doesn't really get her like artistic movie thing. He's really into like the outdoors and hunting and cabins and she's not really into that. So she's going to go to college and he just like really wants to try to bond with her. So he suggests that they go on a family road trip to her college. And so they start doing that. It goes, you know, there's some ups and downs. Um, and then as they're on this road trip, a robot apocalypse happens. <laughs> so they're on a road trip. Robots are kind of, you know, AI is taking over the world. And so it's kind of family road trip slash we have to save the world from these robots. That's pretty much the gist of, of the film. So... Yeah, they do, you know, there's lots of shenanigans along the way. They try one way to shut it down and it doesn't work. So they end up like going to headquarters and taking down the robots that way and taking down like the, the, the AI that's like leading this whole whole situation. But, and then, yeah, you know, the family bonding happens and all that good stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the movie. Did I miss anything, Brett? No, that sounded that sounded a, pretty much about it. I mean, yeah. All right, so let's let's dive right in. Like I said, I do have a couple of negative critiques, and then I'm sure Brett will have a lot to say. 
So, <laughs> um, number one is kind of nitpicky. I didn't like the voice of the boy. I didn't think it sounded like a kid. Yes. Yes. I had a lot of problems with the voice acting in this in this movie. I think the only ones that were correctly Oh really? Yeah, I think the only ones that were correctly casted were the mother and the daughter. Like the dad didn't fit, the mo the son didn't fit. Like a lot of the voice acting was very subpar in this film. That was one of my main things. And I think that's what left kind of a really bad taste in my mouth throughout the film because it was really cringy hard to watch with the and with the voice acting in it. And I was just like, uh so yeah. So I actually the only voice casting I really had a problem with was the son. I actually, I like the voice casting for the dad. Um, like you, I like the mom and the daughter. I liked um, Katie and the mom. Um, Honestly, I think... I, the voice I, I think... I think John Goodman could have played the dad so much better. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know if I would say better, but I can. I think John Goodman would have been a great choice too. I think it would have been better. And they they could have picked any child to do the kid yeah. and they would have gotten away with it just fine. Having an adult, and I believe this actor is yeah. like as old as I am, so he's in his like his forties. That's like Yeah. That is really a weird person to have play a child and have an adult voice. I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. It, yeah. Typically for for kids um if they can't get a kid they have a girl do it just because she has a higher voice and it, ma it makes it sound like a kid more and yeah that's not how it was with the son at all like when the son first opened his mouth i remember that was really jarring for me i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah i, I, mean, I, I was the same but it was it was definitely really jarring i also think that I liked the voice cast, the voice actor for Pal, the main yeah. villain. Yeah. But I also feel like that one could have been a little bit better as well. Yeah. I thought she was fine. I just felt like they, like she could have brought her A game a little bit more. They could have gotten someone that was a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more reactive with their voice. Yeah. And the thing is, the family the other family that they had voice actors for and their child, like that was voiced correctly. Yeah. But for I some agree. reason they had an adult playing a kid. Yeah. It was weird. And it kind of like, it, it was really hard to watch a lot of the scenes where he was talking and doing stuff. Cause it just, it, that's all you focused on. It's like, why is his voice so weird? So it kind yeah. of ruined a lot of the movie. I feel like if he was even a teenager, they could have got away with it. But the fact was, like, they played him as though he was somewhere between, like, 8 and, like, 10. Like, yeah. they played him as a young kid. Yep. And so, yeah, it, it, was, it was really jarring. I would agree. Yeah. My other critique is there were, and I'll talk about this more in the positives, but while there were so many parts that I thought were so funny, there were other parts that I was like, I feel like this was just for the memes. Like, I don't know how well certain parts were going to age. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was kind of almost they're trying too hard and it was almost too like in your face sort of thing. And I know that's kind of like a little bit of the animation style and I understand that, but there was some stuff that was just kind of like, okay, this is a little over the top sort of in your face. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it had it had very much kind of a Scott Pilgrim type feel to it, but it also mm -hmm. went a little above and beyond that and it got a little almost irritating at sometimes with some of the animation. Yeah, I would agree. There were again, there were there were parts I really really liked. But yeah, there were other parts that I was just like, I don't know how well this is going to age. And there were things that I thought were funny, but yeah, they were a little over the top. Like the part when there ended up being no Wi-Fi and they became like like cavemen, mm -hmm. you know, worshiping the router and Wi-Fi. I was like, that's a funny concept. Like I get it. This way it's playing out is a little bit much for me. Yeah. They're doing very much a lot of extremes in certain stuff. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. Those were pretty much the only things I had was I just, I didn't like the voice of the kid and there were parts that I was like, hmm, could have done that better. Everything else I'm going to say good. So go ahead, Brett. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a lot of it. And I think because of a lot of, I mean, the animation was good, but there's a lot of weird stuff that they did where they tried to pop and use different types of animation inside the animation mm -hmm. base that they were using. And mm -hmm. some of it worked and some of it was a little jarring, a little much. Mm -hmm. And then okay. the fact that the voice of the kid was also so just unforgiving to me that it kind of yeah. just ruined a lot of the movie. And on the other aspect of... It feels like this storyline has been done so much. And I'm not talking about like the computers trying to take over the, the world, but the where you have an animated film where the parents are trying to build their relationship with their kids because they feel like disconnected from their kids. It feels like every single animated movie with a family has that problem. And I feel like it's so overdone. I understand they tried to change it up a little bit and put like the computer apocalypse into it but that base storyline so overdone and i know they tried to twist it a little bit with her trying to be into film school and and do animation and all that stuff but it just felt like it's been done and it just yeah i also had a problem with that as well yeah i mean i, th I think i can definitely see where you're coming from because that yeah the whole parents trying to understand their children bonding thing i mean inside out kind of did Again, took a different turn, but it was kind of the same thing. You know, daughters going through something, parents are trying to understand. The Incredibles. The Incredibles, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the yeah, the difference for me was they didn't focus on the family unit as a whole. They focused I mean they did, but the focus was on the father and the daughter. And maybe it's because I you know, I am a daddy's girl that Aww. that's why I I know. That's why I loved it so much was because I feel like I've, I've kind of had some similar experiences with my dad where we didn't always see eye to eye, but like at the end of the day, he's still someone that I'm really, really close to. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why I, I really liked it. And then I did feel like there were enough twists that I was okay with a couple cliches was because I was like, I've never really seen like this kind of story in a zombie pot or in a, robot apocalypse setting <laughs> yeah yeah no i i get that but i get what you're saying i would agree i think that it's definitely something that's been done 
and, many times. And trying to keep up with the Johnsons sort of storyline as well. You know, they have the other family who's like perfect and mm-hmm. the mother follows them on Instagram or whatever yeah. their social media platform was. And they're like perfect and they do all the stuff and they're just the perfect family. And they're just trying to keep up with the Joneses sort of mm-hmm. sort of idea. I th- Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a lot of cliche type stuff. I can see that. I can see that. Anything else? I mean, that was mostly it for me. Okay. I can see how all of those, like no, none of those are like, none of those are small things. Well, the like, thing is, is like. Overarching themes and recurring things there, that happen in the there film. Were, there were some funny parts in the film. There were some things that made me laugh and stuff like that in the film. Um, we'll get to it, but the part with the Furbies had me laughing so hard I had to pause the movie. Yeah, that part was pretty amusing, and there are some other parts uh, with like the Roombas, the little vacuums, and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. that was pretty funny. But I don't know. I mean, it was a lot of hit and miss. It was a lot of hit and miss. Okay, I can see that. Um, for me, I mean. I was pretty, they pretty much had me from the minute the movie started because there were so many Easter eggs for cinephiles. Like, this movie was made for people like me. (laughs) Because the main character, Katie, you know, is an aspiring filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So, like, little, you know, her movies were like parodies of, of classic movies that I either have seen or want to see. In her room, there's like stacks of movies and movie posters of same thing, movies that I talk about and no one else knows what I'm talking about. So, I mean, they pretty much had me in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it started and I was like, yep, I'm 100% on board with this. <laughs> okay, well, that's understandable. Um, And then... Yeah, I mean, the part with the dad at the very... I mean, I was 10 minutes in, and I was like, are you kidding me? I'm crying, and it's 10 minutes in. You know, where he sees the little moose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I told my parents to watch it, and my dad is notorious for weeping in films. And he texted me, and he was like, I'm 11 minutes in, and I'm crying. I was like, yep, called it. (laughs) (laughs) So, the, I, yeah, like I said, within the 10 minutes, they did two things that I'm like, okay, I'm a sucker. You already got me emotionally invested, and you hit my passion, which is which is movies. Like, <laughs> I'm sold. I'm here. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the dog made me laugh at a couple parts, too. Because I have, I have a couple puppers, so I'm always also excited when I see dogs in movies. I, I guess I'm just too hard on films. I guess that's just my role that I have I have taken on. I'm just too cynical and too analytical. I, mean, I don't know that that's true because I think I have, like, there's a lot of films that people love that I hate. British Showman's one of them. I haven't, like, seen, I haven't any, no desire to see it. No desire. Yeah, piece of garbage. Um, But, like, you liked, I think you liked Insidious more than I did. Mm-hmm. And you liked Murder on the Orient Express more than me. You liked Inglorious Bastards more. Like, there's been a few. We just happened to have watched, I mean, because <laughs> I'm kind of running the podcast. We just, 
watch a lot of movies that I want to watch. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. It's fine. But I think a lot of the movies, especially the ones you na- you named, usually have a more in-depth writing to them. And I think that's kind of what gets what gets me, you know? And then in when some I watch way, something, in some ways, I can see that. When I watch stuff that's a little more baseline, I'm just like, mm, takes it's a little bit harder for me to get into. All right, I don't feel like this is like baseline writing, or do you mean like mainstream media? Something that where they take a bunch of generic stories and kind of put them together and try to put their own twist onto it. Interesting. I'm just okay. kind of like I'm just kind of like mm, okay. Well, we, we've <laughs> talked about this before. Your your forte, honestly, is kind of writing. Like you're an amateur writer. That's really right. where you go with things. Right. Um, I tend to look at film as a whole, so I don't just look at the writing. There's a lot of aspects of the film I look at, and I'm not saying that you don't, right. but you just tend to focus most on the writing writing as far as like the storyline and the acting for the story and how they're able to portray the story yeah Mm -hmm. i'm a big sucker for that yeah and i tend to i don't know i like i i do look at different animation styles i go yeah especially with the animation i go how is this new how is this fresh what are you offering me that i've never seen before see and i I feel like this did parts of that and I think that's something we talked about before when we did uh, Howl's Moving Castle mm, is yeah. I'm not a big fan of animation. I mean, of course, I watch cartoons and stuff as a kid, but I don't watch a whole lot of like animation films or anime type films. Yeah. And I, I'm surrounded by friends who do, who mm-hmm. watch a ton of it and who are all sorts of into it. But I just, I don't know, I just can't get into that sort of stuff. And so it's it's kind of hard for me to watch a lot of like the, the animated movies, especially Disney movies uh, nowadays. It's, it's a little more difficult. Of course, the ones from my era, you know, like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and all that stuff, Lion King, yeah, I can appreciate the nostalgia to them, but anything newer coming out, I'm going to be a lot more analytical and cynical of because... I just am with animated films. Yeah. And I think, well, and this is, I'll say this, which kind of segues into my next point with Mitchells versus the Machines, is I, yeah, I I am a sucker for animation and for animated films. Um, Yeah, I like like Japanese anime. I like seeing film, animated films that do not come from Disney. Um, My brother studies animation. Right. So... There's a reason that there's certain Disney eras I love and certain ones I don't. And it's because a lot of me is like, what's innovative? What's new? Show me something I've never seen before. Right. Which is why I like kind of golden age Disney and then Disney Renaissance is because I'm like, show be innovative. Show me something new. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what they did. And I feel like, and we kind of talked about this with, with um, Encanto. There's a lot of Disney films nowadays, not all, but there's a lot that I'm like, I feel like I've seen this wearing a different outfit five other times. And that's kind of how it's I the felt. the same person. And that's kind of how I felt with this film. Like, I feel like I've seen this before, but... Interesting. You know? And see, for me, I felt like this offered some new, like, especially with the different animation styles and different things they did. Oh, I sure. felt like this was sure. new. 
Sure. I mean, I sure, like obviously, with different animation styles and stuff like that, but it felt like the main storyline was, was obviously something Story. I'd seen a number of times where I'm just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was willing to overlook it because I am such a film nerd that all all the film stuff throughout, just I was like, yes! No, I mean, best. and that's totally fine. I mean, that's kind of the point, you know, is for us yeah. to discuss the different we have both of us on the aspects. Point. And obviously, <laughs> it's rare for us to agree on a film. And there's going to be a lot of people out there who are listening to the podcast that are going to be yeah. like, you know, see both points of views or different points of views or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And I think that's kind of thing. Like if we always agreed or had the same interests and stuff, then that would be very boring. It's good for me to be true. hard on all the films that you make me watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Brett, try this weird thing. Hey, Brett, try this weird thing. <laughs> it's all right. Sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. You loved Coraline and everything ever all No, Coraline was really... Allison, this one did not pay off. <laughs> to be fair, though, um, Coraline was really well written. Like, it was really well written. Yeah. And I, I mean, think it helps that it was a book first, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. Um. I do want to talk a little bit about just some of the comedic moments in Mitchell's versus the machines. Like I said, the part with the Furbies, I don't know if it's because I had a Furby when I was like four, but I, the minute they started all waking up with that creepy, like, <laughs> like yeah. when they all started waking up and they were making that creepy voice, that's when I started laughing. When it showed the big Furby, I lost it. <laughs> the giant Furby. I could not keep it together. And they tried to trip it, but... Especially when yeah. it... It's too big. Yeah, and the mm -hmm. parts that... Like, when it was just like, I will avenge my children. Like, everything it was saying, I finally had to pause the movie because I was like, I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. There are tears streaming down my face. Yeah, I unfortunately is, had I one of those... I remember I had one of those demon things when I, I was a kid. I did too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did too. I think that's why I thought it was so funny. Is I remember having a Furby when I was like four. So, yeah, that part, I don't know what it was, but that part freaking killed me. I, I had to take a minute to compose myself. <laughs> it's been a long time since I laughed that hard in the movie. Um. I mean, like I said, there was a lot of different hit and miss moments in the movie. And obviously you have a, a very large number of comedians that were involved in this film, both yeah. as writers and as voice actors and as both. Because, um, I mean, you have yeah. Danny McBride that's in it. You had Conan, Conan O'Brien that was in it. You had Eric. Uh, Maya uh, Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, it's full of comedians. So obviously they're you're going to try and put in as much funny into it as possible. But I think that's kind of where right. the, you hit the problem is if you put too much, it's like it kind of detracts from the actual story and then it's kind of a little too much. And yeah, it, yeah it's like they're trying too hard. Parts that were just, yeah. There were a couple parts that, like I said, were the sweet spot. Like I, I, yeah, I do think the part with the, you know, the worshiping the Wi-Fi and router and stuff that I was like, all right. Um, I'm not recalling other parts, but I, I remember there being others and it just being kind of, 
almost like slapstick, like, eh, that's funny. Okay. But I did like the part with the Furbies. <laughs> and I did like the part where the mom went, went like Mad Max on the robots. Yeah, just total rogue and just killing all the robots and stuff. And Well, because the minute yeah. I saw the boy in the cube and it passed by the mom, in my head I was like, she's going to go mama bear on these robots. And she did, and I was for it. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I felt like it, they, they did it in such a way that it, you know, kind of played into some cliches with violence. You know, you could see the oil splatter across her face and mm. across walls and stuff instead of blood. And, you know, she, they were kind of taking a Mad Max feel with it as well. Yeah. Which I, I yeah, appreciate A very like post-apocalyptic type feel to it. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that was really fun for me. Like I, like I said, there, there were so many, and I think this is, I think they were playing into a lot of, I think they had a lot of cliches, but I think they were kind of playing into that a little bit mm -hmm. because there were a lot of parts that I was like, Oh, this is like that movie. Like there were several parts. I was like, this is like Mad Max. There were other parts. I was like, this is like this movie. This is like Chinatown. This is like, you know, there were a lot of moments where I could tell they were playing homage to other films. Oh, okay. And I don't know. Like I said, that, that was really fun for me just to see, you know, cause I am a sucker for films. So this wasn't just playing homage to one certain film though. It was like every scene, there was something that they were, you know, kind of tipping, tipping their hat at night. That, that was really fun for me. Yeah. Like I would, I would tell people like, if you're a cinephile would definitely recommend this movie because there's just so many Easter eggs that are going to be so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know that I have like a ton to say other than I just really, oh, I do have one more thing to say. <laughs> I appreciated the casual representation of LGBTQ. <laughs> Did you what, miss it? What part? It's at the very, very end. So she closes the door on college. There's a couple credits, and then there's a little scene. She Skypes her family, and her mom goes, are you and Jade official yet, and are you bringing her home for Thanksgiving? And Katie goes, she says something like, oh, mom, it's only been a couple weeks or something like that. And then they okay. move on. Oh, okay. I think I do remember that. But it's also been a while since I watched the movie too. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this before with like Shape of Water and everything everywhere all at once. Like I'm I'm always gonna be a sucker for LGBTQ representation. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's uh, uh well, I mean, obviously people know that you know I I play for the other team obviously so right. i'm not i'm not bad mouthing things like that because i am okay but the thing is is like i feel like there's some movies and some stuff that's almost like forced into because they're trying to fit in does that make sense yes here's okay. why i'm going to here's what i'm going to play devil's advocate to that real quick okay i agree and we've talked about that with other films where it was like this didn't make sense. This felt, and I've, I've felt that way about certain movies and shows too. Sometimes it happens 
there's, I don't want to cause like a riot, so I won't say which show, but there's one show that was one of the first ones to do this. And when they revealed that the main character was in the community, I was like, this feels a little insulting because it feels like you're doing this as a political move and it's not authentic to the characters. Of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, with, that's kind of my point with this one. Here's why I'm going to play devil's advocate though. With this one, I picked up that she was gay way early on in the film. Okay. With, and maybe it's cause you know, I, I know what it's like to be, you know, to be a girl that's, I, I mean, I related a lot to Katie, you know, right. I, I have all these experiences with my, all these, you know, positive experiences, movies, you know, that I made like little home videos with my dad. Mm -hmm. I am such a cinephile and um, I am part of the community as well. So, I mean, right at the beginning, she said some things when she was introducing herself. I was like, ish. Mm. And then you see like, there's like a rainbow pin on her jacket and little other things throughout the film that, I mean, it was pretty early on in the film. I was like, I don't know if they'll address it, but my guess is she's gay. Okay. And so I felt like, again, it was it was natural enough that when they did it at the end, I didn't feel like it was something that was over the top. I didn't feel like they were making a big deal out of it because it wasn't. It it also wasn't the reason. A lot of times when you have the cliche film like this where the parent doesn't understand the child, it's because the child is in the LGBTQ community. Okay. Everything, everywhere, all at once did that. Okay. With this, I felt like it was just like, no, the, the dad and the daughter didn't understand each other. It, From what we understood, it didn't really have anything to do with the fact that she was gay. It was just... Just different interests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they like casually mentioned it at the end, it didn't feel like a political move. It didn't feel like they were like, oh, look at us. We're inclusive too. It felt like, no, we're just like casually offering representation. Instead of meeting a boyfriend at college, she met a girlfriend. Right. And it was very like, it was one maybe two lines in the whole film. Like it wasn't a focus on the film. It was just like a casual, subtle way of dropping it in like this post credit scene, which I appreciated. Right. Right. No, and I can, and I can understand that. It just feels like sometimes there are films that try and include a lot of different, um, a lot of different, uh, sexual preferences and a lot of different stuff just because that's just the flavor of the month at the current time. And so they're just trying right. to do that just to, to fit in and so they don't get any like backlash or anything like that. They're just trying to be like, oh, like we, we include everybody, which is great. I know I get it, but sometimes it feels like weird and awkward and forced. And you're just yeah. like, that's not really the right way to do that. And we've, I mean, we've talked about that with other films. And like I said, it's, you know, there, yeah. There are times where I feel like LGBTQ representation is done well, and there's other times that I can tell I'm like, you just did this as a token way to show it. You don't actually care. Right, right. I felt like this was done Tastefully. in a very natural way. What was okay. that? Tastefully? Yeah. It happened. I felt like it was very organic and natural, and so for me, I was like, yeah, it, it was a way to be like, first of all, I was like, ah, I was right. She is gay. <laughs> But yeah, it was also like this, this felt, yeah, it felt tasteful and organic and it felt true to the character and the writing so far. Okay. I mean, I can understand that and I can get that. Yeah. Um, there yeah. really isn't much more that I really have for this film. I mean, that was really my biggest gripes. Other than yeah. all, it was, it was fun. 
I would classify this definitely as one of our popcorn films. It's something I would probably rewatch with like friends and stuff like that and be like, yeah, it's fun. It's kind of lighthearted and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but the voice acting really did bother me. That was really kind of a, a yeah. thorn, a thorn in the foot. I can, and I can see that. Um, I thought it was a very fun film. I do feel like it had a lot of depth to it. Like I said, I, I really liked the relationship. It should, you know, how the mother or how the father and the daughter um, really grew throughout the film. I really liked that. It, I mean, it was it was a blast. Like it was a ton of fun. Um, but I did I did feel like it had more depth to it than your typical you know the, what we typically call our popcorn films. I felt like there was some ingenuity as far as the animation. I felt like there was a lot of good emotional depth between the father and the daughter. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I also thought there's, there's not, maybe it's just because of my humor, but there's not a ton of films, especially cause I watched these movies like by myself in my house. There's not a lot of times I laugh out loud. Okay. So if a movie can make me laugh out loud or a show, I'm like, okay, well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I do, I do, feel like there was a lot of emotional depth to it that I appreciated there. I would agree that there were times that they were trying too hard. Um, but, but overall, I, I mean, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I would probably give this one an 84. Okay. Um, I think, I'm kind of about a 70-ish, three, 73-ish area. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can go, I can go that high. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't like Morbius or anything yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was. Or the Matrix. Or the Matrix. God. Um, Matrix. Your, your, your that movie's so bad. Um, but. It, it's something I would probably could watch again and be okay, yeah. but it wasn't amazing. It wasn't amazing by my standards. Yeah, and this is this is one like I again I told my family about. I want to own it. I want to. I I, I will definitely rewatch this. Yeah. Cool. So next week, Dunkirk. Okay. And what was that other one? 1917? Was that it? 1917 is good too. Yeah. That's another war film. If you like Dunkirk, I think you'd like 1917. I've seen 1917. I've seen them both. Oh, you have? Mm-hmm. I liked both of them. Yeah, I liked both well, of them. Well, I like too. I like 1917. I assume I will like Dunkirk. Dunkirk's really good. The story is a little hard to follow, so I'm just gonna kinda warn you on that. But okay. it's really good. Let's do Dunkirk. Okay. Dunkirk? I'm stoked. Dunkirk it Dunkirk. is. Cool. So we'll do Dunkirk next week. Um, yeah. And we'll shortly, I think the week after that, we'll do Insidious Part 2. So if you guys want to kind of, we did the first one last last week. We'll do the second one in a couple weeks. So if you guys want to prep for that one as well, you can. And yeah, we'll we'll tackle Christopher Nolan's uh, Dunkirk next week. Mm -hmm. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.